Hello, and welcome to Scry. I am the Seer, and I will be joining you as your host on this trip into the darkness and realms of the shadows. But enough with introductions. Let's get down to our scary stories and terrifying tales, shall we? In our first story, James writes to us and describes an encounter that he had during a one-night stand, which any of you on the dating scene may want to keep in mind. I should give out the following warning, that this show is targeted for adults, and James' story, along with the following one, does feature adult content. So if there are little ones around, or you're listening at work, This episode is probably not appropriate for those around you. So back around 1996 or 1997, I ran into an old friend of mine at the grocery store. We caught up for a few minutes and he asked me how my girlfriend and I were doing. It had been a few months since we last talked, and he wasn't aware that we had broken up. As I was telling him that my ex and I were no longer together, his new girlfriend comes up to us from another aisle and overhears our conversation. As she puts her arm around his waist, she tells me that she has a single friend that moved to town recently and needed someone to show her around. Here goes the matchmaking. She gives me her friend's number and we say our goodbyes and part ways. A couple nights go by and I figure, what the hell? So I call the girl's number and when she answers, I tell her who I am and how I came across her phone number. She laughs and jokes about how my buddy's new girlfriend is always trying to find her a nice guy. Initially, I took this as meaning that she wasn't interested, but instead, We ended up talking on the phone for nearly three hours and made plans to meet up and go out the following night. So the next night arrives and I meet this girl at a local restaurant and I am stunned. She is stunningly gorgeous and well out of my league. I was half expecting her to pretend like she was waiting for someone else or run out the door, jump in her car Dukes of Hazard style and floor at home. But instead, she came up and introduced herself. Her name was Brenda, and we hit it off instantly. She was incredibly witty and intelligent and could definitely hold her own in a conversation. We talked nonstop throughout our entire meal without any of those awkward pauses that can occupy a conversation between people who have just met. Since she was fairly new in town, after dinner, I drove her around the city and showed her some of the sights and local areas of interest. Our car ride was as pleasant as dinner, and I could feel myself growing increasingly attracted to this woman. I could feel a connection with Brenda like I hadn't had with anyone else before. After our drive, I returned to the restaurant so that Brenda could pick up her car as we had been driving around in mine. I get out to give her a proper goodbye and hopefully get that goodnight kiss as I ask for a second date. I wouldn't get the chance to as she kissed me first 
and sheepishly asked me if I would like to follow her home and continue the evening. Without hesitation, I accepted, and my mind began racing with thoughts of where the night may go. We get back to her place, and we sit on the couch in the living room and start talking, which quickly turns into kissing, and then passionately making out with each other. Before long, our clothes had been torn off and tossed to the floor, and we were going at it like a couple of teenagers. I was on top, and I started feeling this slight but growing tingle, like a small electrical charge. If you've ever stuck your tongue to a 9-volt battery, it was a similar feeling, but it seemed to hit my forehead instead of my tongue. The feeling of that electrical charge continued to grow, and I began to get dizzy. I couldn't take it much longer and ended up laying on my back. Brenda took this as her opportunity to climb on top of me, and as she continued what we had started, things took a twist for the bizarre. As Brenda grinded on top of me, the dizziness had me close to blacking out. But instead of everything fading to black, I was suddenly outside of my body, watching Brenda use me. I stood there, or I think I was standing there. I don't know. I wasn't really aware of my body, or if I even had one. But I watched. Brenda kept at it and seemed to be working herself up into a state of ecstatic frenzy. And that's when things went from bizarre to terrifying. Brenda looked at me. Not the physical me that she was on top of, but the me that was outside of my body. She stared right at me, direct, unbreaking eye contact. And that's when I noticed that her eyes weren't normal. They were completely black and had this eerie intensity to them. She kept staring at the out-of-body me while using my physical body. I drifted around the room and she followed me with her cold black eyes. As she stared, this smile Something that never should be evil, yet was, spread across her face. She placed one of her hands, which now looked to be deathly pale, on top of my chest and began to dig her fingers into my flesh. Her smile seemed to spread unnaturally wide across her face, almost as if to say, You are now mine. It was then that I lost consciousness, both out of my body and in. I don't know what happened next, or how I even got home, but the next thing that I remember was waking up the next afternoon. Yes, I slept late, much later than normal. 
but I couldn't recall anything between when I blacked out and waking up. I thought about calling Brenda and asking her if she knew what happened, but I was still freaked out about what I had seen and really didn't want to talk to her until I had calmed down and made sense of what had happened or if she was dangerous. Hell, for all I knew, she had drugged me. I headed to the bathroom and turned on the light, and that was when I saw my reflection. There, on my chest, were deep scratches that had scabbed over. I never did call Brenda again, and I didn't call my buddy to see what the hell was up with this girl that his girlfriend was friends with. I decided that I was fine without ever seeing her again and having any more experiences like that night. I did retrace my drive from that restaurant to Brenda's place about two weeks later. The house looked incredibly run down and possibly abandoned in the daylight. I pray that I just messed up and drove to the wrong place, but I don't think that's the case. As for my friend, we would never talk again. It had been months between last seeing each other and meeting in that grocery store, and we just continued to drift apart. A few years ago, I tried to look up my friend on various social media sites and was able to find a profile for him anywhere. After doing a bit of digging on Google, I found out that he had passed away unexpectedly about six months after we had last seen each other. I tracked down some of the mutual friends that we both had back then and asked some questions. My friend had passed in his sleep at the age of 23. I asked about the girl that he had been seeing and nobody seemed to remember who I was talking about. I can't help but wonder if his girlfriend and Brenda were both something otherworldly. Maybe she finished off my friend like Brenda planned to do with me. Perhaps I'm making mountains out of a molehill, or perhaps demons and succubi are real. If they are, I wouldn't be surprised in the least if Brenda was one. James, that is definitely an interesting story, and I thank you for sharing your experience with us. Succubi and Incubi are two forms of entities that I find terrifying, feeding on that raw human sex drive like a vampire's lust for blood. Mythology certainly has some interesting tales regarding the offspring of such encounters, but what is myth and what is real may not always be accurate, and I must admit that I'm no expert on such matters. Hopefully you wrapped it, James. Hopefully you wrapped it. Our next story comes from Bad Latitude, who journeys across the pond to jolly old England and encounters something that he didn't expect. So, after high school, my buddy Tom, who was born in England, 
and I wanted to take a trip. England was the target, and we were going. We had a great flight, landed at Heathrow, and took a bus to Oxford where we partied our asses off. From there, we took a train and got picked up by some family and went to Nottingham for a visit. From there, we took a bus to meet other family and were driven to a town called Little Neston, I believe. Little Neston was a sleepy little hilly town on the coast with cobblestone streets and very old homes, buildings, and structures. We stayed with Tom's aunt and uncle, which were really just family friends. They had two amazingly beautiful daughters, one blonde and one brunette. The brunette was a bobby, or police officer, and was cute. The blonde, a nurse, was smoking hot, like an easy nine. They were fun as hell, and we went out and partied Friday and Saturday night. Well, on Saturday night, the brunette had to work, and the blonde was our guide per se. We dragged her along. One more bar, one more drink. I spent the night hanging, flirting, and partying with this girl, and we seemed to be mutually into each other. It was getting really late, and she had to work in the morning. We promised her that if she woke us up in the morning, no matter how hungover we were, we would make her breakfast. So we went to bed. That night, I had the bed in the spare room, and Tom had the floor. I woke up to the bedroom door opening. No clue what time it was. Still dark out, but hell, I didn't care. It was the beautiful blonde, wearing a white nightgown. Immediately, I thought, nice, I'm gonna get some. She crossed the room smiling and beautiful. I could see her face from the moonlight through the window. As she got close and started leaning towards me, she got older and older. At that point, I've scampered back on the bed into the corner hiding my face. I said, Tom, 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 Tom. He woke up, saw her, and screamed then crawled under the desk in the room. I took a peek and saw a scary old lady and she seemed to be floating in a flowing white nightgown with her face like a foot from mine. I tucked myself into a ball faced into the corner under the blankets. Now, Tom and I are both freaked the fuck out. We are talking back and forth panicked like what the fuck what the fuck but neither of us will look once I heard birds chirping and could see light through the blanket we agreed it had to be gone and got up we went downstairs to the aunt cooking breakfast the daughter miserable from a hangover we got some comments of surprise that we were up 
and she didn't want to wake us so we could make her breakfast tomorrow. Tom and I then recounted our experience, including my thinking she was crawling into my bed. The aunt was white as a ghost. The daughter beat red and smiling, clearly flattered and giggling. With this, the aunt blows out of the room and the blonde elbows me, saying we were drunk and dreamed this shit. The aunt blows back into the room with a photo album. She shows us a picture of her mother when young and how her daughter looks identical, then flips pages, older and older, until the last photo of her before she died. It was her. Bad Latitude. We hope any vacations that you have taken after your trip to England have been more... normal. You mentioned that you had been drinking in your tail, but I'm going to assume that you weren't drinking enough for beer goggles to be effective. Thank you for your story. When we return, we will hear from Beth, who left us our first voice message describing her experience. But first... A word from our sponsor. While it is always nice to have listeners write to us at scrypodcast at gmail.com or leave us submissions on scrypod.com, leaving us a voicemail is always a treat, which Beth did for today's episode. Here, we will listen to her in her own words, describing a series of experiences in a house she shared with her boyfriend. If you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do so at 573-203-8668. But now, here is Beth and her story. Okay, so this was, um, I think I was probably like 22, 23 when this happened. And I was spending the night at my boyfriend's house. We had rented movies. We were both wide awake. We were sitting, we had the height of bed set out. We were sitting in the living room. And TV was on, but lights were off. But yeah, both of us were wide awake. We had a movie on. And um, I, I know you remember how it's wider, they weren't the flat panels. And he had this dragon statue that sat on the top of that TV. So we were sitting there watching and all of a sudden, it's, it's dark, it's pretty dark all except for the TV. And it looks kind of like the dragon statue is moving forward very slowly. And I'm sitting there staring at it and I'm thinking to myself like my eyes are really playing tricks on me and all of a sudden it it gets far enough off it that I can tell that it's barely like maybe an inch of the statue or half an inch is setting on the edge of the TV it's barely there and 
I start to move my arm to nudge him to tell him to ask him if he's seeing what I'm seeing. And all of a sudden, before I can move, shoots off the front of the TV. It it goes a good foot in fr- away from the TV and it hovers there in midair and then slams to the ground. When this thing hit, it shot pieces of the statue all over the room, like pieces flew in between us. And I turned to him real slowly and I'm like, what just happened? And he is sitting there, my boyfriend's sitting there, still staring at the TV, mouth and eyes wide open. And he doesn't respond. And so after a minute, I kind of shove him, I'm like, what happened? What was that? And he's like, did you just see that? And I'm like, yeah, I did. I What happened? And he jumps up off the high bed. I jump up off it. Statue has slammed into the floor so hard it left huge indentions into the floor. And it was at least a foot away from the TV. I'm actually going to take that back. It wasn't a foot. It was a good two feet. It was a good two feet away from the TV. So we're looking at this, and we're looking at the indentions left in the floor. It wasn't – the statue wasn't huge enough that it should have left that deep of indentions in the floor, but it also wasn't – it was heavy enough that it couldn't have just been blown off. And, of course, that doesn't account for it sliding forward as like slowly like it did and for it hovering in midair for a few seconds before it actually hit the ground. So we clean it up and after a couple minutes he's like, I need to tell you something but I'm kind of afraid to. And I'm like, well, okay. I mean, just tell me. And he's like, well, he goes, it happened a couple weeks ago Well, when we had broken up. He's like, I was in here and he had had the hide-a-bed pulled out and kind of the same scenario he was watching he'd been watching tv and he said he shut the tv off and rolled over on his side to go to sleep and there was a figure sitting there it was a woman he said probably about the same age as us and she was kneeling down beside the bed and so he could only see her from like her chest up and he said she had on what appeared to be like a ball gown and she had long curly hair and he said you could tell it was blonde and the ball gown was a dark color but she was completely black and white there was no actual color to her and he said that she reached up for his face and he pulled back and she reached up again and he pulled back and he said the third time she did it he let her touch him and he said it was a very soothing touch it was not scary he wasn't at all afraid of her but he said at the foot of the height of bed where the statue hit the ground there was this black mass this solid black mass there and he said that thing it was darker than dark he'd never seen anything like it and it terrified him and I can't even remember like what he said like how he said that ended I I really don't remember it's been so long but um fast forward to probably 
about six months later, we're um, renting an apartment together. His brother had rented a room from us, and we were sitting around talking one night. And as we got on the topic of afterlife, and his brother had stated, you know, that he didn't believe in any type of afterlife, and we were just kind of going back and forth about that. And his brother goes, "Well, I did see one thing once, but it's just." it's your mind playing tricks on you when you're you're really tired and I'm like well you know what'd you see and he proceeds to tell us that and this was the same house that we had had the experience with the statue and his experience with the woman and the black figure at the end of the bed he told us that he had been working he was doing he was working for a landscaping company and he'd been working like 12 and 14 hour days so he was exhausted, and every time he'd pretty well come home and go upstairs and go to bed. And he said one night he came in, and he walked into his room, basically just shut the door, took his clothes off, climbed into bed. And that he was laying there almost asleep, and he said his door swung open, and this woman floated into his bedroom. She didn't walk, but she floated, and he described her as being a pretty much the exact same woman that my ex had described. She was in a dark colored Victorian ball gown, long blonde ringlets, and that she, there was no color to her. She was black and white. And he said she glided across the room over to his floor and she dropped down onto her knees there beside his bed. And then all of a sudden she shot her face right up into his face and she pulled back and she shot up into his face and pulled back and he said she proceeded to do this with this horrific grin on her face and then started twisting her head um, like they do in movies whenever they remove the third clip so it looks like they're all like moving really strangely at least that's what I think they do but anyways I'm sure you know the effect I'm talking about and he said he closed his eyes a few times and she disappeared and I kind of I'm sitting beside my boyfriend and I'm I kind of whisper to him I'm like did you tell him and he says back to me I never told anybody but you about that and so I have no idea what the deal was with this ghost basically the end of it is I don't really know much about the history of the house, but I do know it was an old Victorian home. The prior owners I know nothing about, but I can say that um, the family that lived there, whenever I knew it, they were a very toxic family. There was a lot of abuse, a lot of alcoholism. So I don't even know if it was something from the past or maybe it was something that they brought in there themselves through their lifestyle. So that's pretty much the end of it. Um, it appeared to be the same woman, but obviously her demeanor was very different between the two brothers. So, um, yeah, I don't really know how else to explain it. Kind of strange, but that's my story. So, all right. Thank you. Bye.
thank you, Beth, for sharing that story with us. Our voicemail cuts off at three minutes, so thank you for leaving enough messages to get the story out and for us to edit together. Google transcribes our voicemails, and it doesn't have the greatest of reputations for accuracy. But what I find a bit odd is that the word dead appears repeatedly in the transcription of Beth's voicemail, but I don't ever recall her saying that word once in her message. And now it is time to once again close the gate and end this oral odyssey into the unknown, this seance of sound. We would like to thank the authors of these tales for sharing them and remind you that all stories on Scry are purported to be true. If you have a tale that you would like to share, send it to us at scrypod.com or shoot us an email at scrypodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave us a message at 573-203-8668. We're dying to hear your story and would love to share the scare. I would also like to take this time to thank the wonderful Iran Horrors for our logo design. Check out his work on DeviantArt. Our podcast recommendation to hold you over until our next episode is Undercover Coven, which covers the paranormal and true crime, is well-researched, and presented by two hosts who have great chemistry and don't take themselves too seriously. They will have you laughing one moment, only to gasp in horror at the next. So check out Undercover Coven. But for now, we must close the gate. And as always say goodbye. This is Scry.